Very good morning to you, family. Well, this week, you know that pastors are away. Well, you know, while pastors are away, the PTMers had to do a lot of things, and we have a lot of events this week, you know, wake services, uh, courses to conduct, you know, we have a CPM to conduct. Let me tell you this, okay? We have an amazing team of PTMers and admin staff. Everyone chipped in, and everyone did their best. In fact, uh, they, 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 re- they prevented me from doing a lot. They, re- they, they didn't want me to do a lot of things, so they took on a lot more things so that I could prepare for, prep for this sermon. Well, we have a world-class team in Amokim at this church. Yeah. <laughs> to begin, shall we pray? Lord, we pray that through your word, we will learn to align ourselves with your will, and through your word, we may learn to see through your eyes and not our own. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You see, in the story of Samson, we discover many conundrums in the selection of certain characters, you know, especially Samson's character, and certain decisions that were made to fulfill God's plan. However, God is sovereign and in control, even right from the beginning of the story. Before Samson was born, the angel of God appeared first to Manoah's wife, a woman who was not even named. Most were expected that angel to appear first to the men of the house, but no, The angel chose to appear to Manoah's wife instead. Filled with excitement, Manoah's wife went to her husband, Manoah, and and explained what happened, okay, what the angel had said. But after listening to his wife, Manoah went on to pray for the angel of God to appear again, this time to him. Well, the angel did appear, but again to Manoah's wife first and not to Manoah. So again, Manoah's wife went to inform Manoah okay, that uh, the angel of God has, uh, is, is here. But Manoah, when, Manoah, when Manoah prayed, he asked one thing. He asked that, no, may the angel of God teach them how to bring up the boy who was to be born. But wait a minute. Didn't the angel of God explain all this very specifically to, to Manoah's wife during the first five verses? But Why? Why then did Manoah ask the angel to repeat the instructions? You see, I think uh, Manoah wanted to see the angel of God with his own eyes. Manoah was probably skeptical okay, of his wife's story. Hence, Manoah needed uh, an excuse for further confirmation to see it for himself. Eventually, the angel did appear. Okay? And again, as I mentioned, uh, to Manoah's wife. So, the angel repeated the same instructions that he gave Manoah's wife the first time. However, Manoah was obviously unconvinced. Even for after the appearance of the angel of God, Manoah doubted. He thought that the angel of God was just only a mere man. The evidence can be found in verse 8. It says there, Then Manoah prayed to, for the, to the Lord, Pardon your sermon, pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. Man of God. The Hebrew word for the word man here is ish, which means any man. Manoah did not believe that the angel of the Lord appeared to him, but only a mere man that had appeared to him. He doubted both his wife and God. This was their further confirmation, in fact, in verse 16, where he said that Manoah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. 
But Manoah finally realised that the angel of God did appear to him when they saw the angel of God ascend in the flame. After that, you might think that, you know, wow, Manoah will be so excited. He said, you may say, yes, I'm going to be a father. Yes, I'm going to have a son. No. Manoah's response was the opposite. In fact, he went on to say, we are doomed to die. As mentioned in verse 22, because they have seen God. What let down? You know, if I were Manoah, if I were Manoah you know, and I received news from the angel that I'm going to have a son, woohoo, you know, I'm going to be very excited. But no, Manoah was downcast. And praise be to God for Manoah's wife, who had wisdom as well as a logical mind to understand the situation. She said, if the Lord had meant to kill us, He would not have accepted a burnt offering and grain offering from our hands, nor show us all these things, or now told us this. Samson's mother was a very wise woman. You'll find that in this story, the woman outshadows Samson's strength. Why were Samson's parents important in this story? Well, perhaps it stated the spiritual state of Israel. See, Manoah's response was perhaps the living example of the spiritual and mental state of Israel at that time. Israel doubted God and Israel had been reduced to a pessimistic bunch of people. Manoah did not understand his mission and the mission of Samson. Israel seems to have given up hope. There's no more hope in Israel. John Hamlin stated that the period of, period of oppression is twice as long as previous longest oppression. Yet there was no cry of distress, no call for deliverance, no decision to renounce of, of their foreign gods to return to Yahweh. It appears that the people of Judah had accepted as fate the fact that the Philistines are rulers over them, as mentioned in Judges 15.11. They have lost their purpose and their mission that God has given them. They have lost all hope. From the birth of Samson, we learn that when man is faithless, excuse me, God remains faithful. God is constantly finding ways to get us to respond to Him. You know, perhaps the appearance of the lion was for such a purpose, to get the people of Israel to return to the Lord. However, how can one lion begin an uprising against the Philistines? Why was the lion an important character in this story? You see, as Samson was travelling to Timnah with his, with his parents because he wanted to marry Nis Chobu, okay? Uh, in Hokkien, okay, very beautiful lady, okay, uh, who is a Philistine uh, woman. A young lion attacked Samson. Oh, yeah, okay, we have Louis there, okay, he permitted me to use his face. So, a big, strong man there earlier. Okay, as I was saying, okay, I, while he was visiting this place, Timna, a, a, a young lion attacked Samson. However, his parents were separated from Samson and he encountered the lion alone. Samson, as we all know, tore the lion as he might have torn a young goat. Now, if you actually, actually read this carefully, we'll notice in this, that this sentence appeared three times in the story of Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. This, hence, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power when Samson tore the lion. 
the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power when Samson struck down the 30 elite Philistine men from Ascalon. And the Spirit of the Lord came to him in power when Samson struck down a thousand Philistine men with a jawbone of a donkey. Therefore, it was the Spirit of the Lord that enabled Samson to strike down the feline, the lion. You know, recently, I, I too encountered a feline. However, it wasn't a lion, okay? It was a small cat. It was a cat. Okay, I've been trying to investigate okay, the urine smell on my stairway to my, to my, to my flat in my HDB block. So I've, I often find this cat sitting down there at a stairway. Hence, it was obvious for me to suspect that this feline is the culprit. So did the cat urinate to mark his territory? Well, we will find out later, okay? So back to the other feline, the lion, okay? Was the appearance of the lion simply to highlight that it was the Lord who had empowered Samson to tear it apart? Or could there be other reasons? Yohanan Aharoni and Michael Avitona suggested a Philistine invasion of Judah in Samson's time would have been fatal to Israel. The note that God was seeking an occasion against the Philistines suggested the possibility that the Philistines had planned to use the valley of Sorek as a prime invasion route to the expansion of Felicia's economic and political power. A century later, the Philistines followed the same route okay, up through Sorek Valley to the Rephraim Valley around Jerusalem okay, in order to block David's rise to power. Hence, Samson's uprising, uprising may have stopped an imminent invasion by the Philistines as Timna, you know, as you have seen there in red, okay, is in the Sorek Valley itself. It borders between Israel and Felicia. And that was the actual place that Samson had his wedding. However, this does not explain the purpose of the line in this story. Perhaps Judges 14 can shed some light. See, sometime later, while Samson went back to marry his uh, Philistine woman, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. And in it was swarm of bees and some honey. So he scooped it out with his hand, ate it along the way, and when he rejoined his parents, he gave some to his parents. And they ate it too. So at a feast during the wedding, there were 30 Philistine companions invited, well, probably to guard him, huh? because as he was very unpopular, among the Philistines. So imagine a wedding feast or wedding attended by people whom you do not know and the guests were there to keep an eye on you. Furthermore, the wedding was held in enemy territories. So to ease the tension uh, in this seven-day feast, Samson gave them an impossible riddle to decipher. He said, Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. You know, there's also another feast that's happening at my void deck. So at the, at the void deck in my block, uh, there was a daily feast, okay, beginning from about 7 p.m. to about 5 a.m. So, we hours in the morning. So this group of people would gather every night, okay, and they would speak, you know, very loudly throughout night. They would drink, they would smoke, and I wonder how come they don't need to work in a day. Eh? Yeah. Hence, I begin to suspect, could this group of people be the culprit to the urine I find at the stairways, okay? Uh, 
because they are next to where you're sitting. So an elderly neighbor that walked past me actually confirms my suspicion. And she said this, to, she said this along uh, when she walked past me. Uh, she, she was making re direct references okay, to this group of people and the urine smell. So therefore, from the feline, my suspicion has moved to the group of people that's gathering downstairs my house. But first, let's return back to Samson, okay? And the lion. So why was the lion important in this story? See, Samson's encounter with the lion not only gave him the idea for the riddle, but also the riddle was also the cause of him breaking up, you know, in his, breaking up in it, of his marriage. And with the Philistine woman, after she had betrayed him and revealed the answer to the, to the 30 guests, and this provided four confrontational occasions against the Philistines. See, this line segment reveals that even when the situation is dire, God remains sovereign. Even when the situation is dire, God remains sovereign. Truly, out of the eater, the Philistine oppresses something to eat, a wedding feast, and out of the strong, something sweet. Samson was able to thwart a possible attack from the Philistines when he slaughtered 30 of Escalon's elite leaders, and they may have they, this death may have handicapped Philistines' ability to garner an attack. The massacre may have brought fear to the Philistines, and Samson stripped them of their prized wardrobe to be given to the 30 guests who had answered the reader correctly. You know, the bet, the bet to answering the reader was 30 linen of garments and 30 sets of clothing, sufficient enough to fill a wardrobe. Samson struck down 30 elite leaders of Escalon who could afford fine linen and clothing. You know, these linens that Samson procured were not daily items that you see them wearing daily by normal citizens. Okay, these were prized clothing and normal citizens would only be able to afford one piece in their entire lifetime. It was only the elite who could afford to wear them daily. Samson gave them to the 30 guests to satisfy the bet that he had lost, the game that he had lost. Therefore, for a wardrobe of clothing, Samson had begun his confrontation with the Philistines. The wardrobe reveals that God can turn a losing game into a win for the nation. You know, on the leaf landing in my block, my neighbours would dry their wardrobe of laundries. Uh. You see from the pictures. I realised that, you know, as I realised also after that that someone or something had migrated from urinating at the stairway to the common rubbish chute area in my level where the laundries were being dried. See, the urinate, urinating at the stairway had ceased after the town council, you know, installed two CCTVs, okay, at the stairway. So therefore, the culprit cannot be the cat, and it cannot be the people gathering downstairs. It was someone else who was this culprit. Who was this witch? But first, let's take a look at the witches of Samson. The first woman who was supposed to be his wife, you know, betrayed him, and later she was given uh, to Samson's friend at the wedding after Samson just left the wedding. The, this incident led to the destruction of what we, know, what we know earlier, 30 elite leaders, and also the burning of the stock of the shocks and standing grain, together with the vineyards and olive groves. Olive groves. 
Samson did not only slaughter their elite leaders, but also the Philistine economy. See, wheat, olive and grapes were the primary source of income and trade for the Philistines. Samson, angered by his father-in-law, who had given his wife to his so-called friend, led to the burning of these fields and vineyards. So how, how did Samson burn all these fields? Samson caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, fastened a torch in between them, out of every pair of tails, lit the torch and let them go. Think about it, wouldn't it be easier if Samson would have to, were to burn the crops and the fields himself? So why did Samson decide to use the foxes instead? You know, restraining and arresting 300 foxes would have been no easy feat. Huh? He has to catch them and then place them in a big cage enough to store all 300 foxes. Well, as, think about it, as difficult as it may be for Samson to catch the foxes, likewise, for the Philistine to capture and prevent the foxes from burning the fields on the, would, have been, would have been impossible too. The object of tying the two foxes' tail together was to impede their motion a little so that they would not dash away or dart away so violently to extinguish the torch. Samson must have been a really intelligent man to be able to engineer such an intricate a, a, a plan to cripple the economy of the Philistines. Though his motive was for revenge and the giving, for the giving away of his uh, Philistine bride to another man, God used it for the purpose that could save Israel. Therefore, the first woman led, Israel, led Samson to cripple the Philistines' economy and thwart a possible assault. You know, I too uh, wanted to catch that fox, no? That fox that eluded me uh, for many months. You know, and I was unable to catch the culprit who had been urinating, urinating on a common rubbish chute area. It's disgusting, okay? However, there was one morning I had to clear the trash at 5 a.m. And there it was, the culprit squatting there at the chute area, urinating. The culprit scudded away quickly after spotting me. Who is this person? I'll review to you later. Okay? <laughs> okay, let's move on to Samson's second woman. The second woman was the prostitute of Gaza, who had been probably, you know, who had most probably revealed the whereabouts of Samson to the Philistine men. Philistine men. Uh, in fact, the Philistine men were waiting, okay, to, uh, for an opportunity to apprehend Samson. They were waiting for reinforcement to come at dawn before the attempt to assassinate Samson. However, Samson woke up in the middle of the night, got, got up, took hold of the doors of the gates, okay, city gates, together with the post, they tore, he tore it loose, bar and everything else in the frame. He lifted them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron, nearly about 20 to 40 miles away. Again, you know, the story of Samson is occupied by yet another dramatic incident. So why did Samson performed such a dramatic feat. For what? You see, in tradition, the carrying away of the gates of an enemy would be understood as a very peculiar insult. Samson was mocking the defensive pride of the Philistine city. Samson had also ridiculed the Philistine god, Dagon, by stripping the city of its gates and leaving it at the top of the hill to be displayed for everyone to see. Samson, 
had humiliated the Philistines. So therefore, the second woman that Samson was involved in led to the humiliation of the Philistine city of Gaza. After which, Samson was again in love. And this time with the third woman, Delilah, the real witch, okay? Delilah deceived and betrayed Samson to the Philistine for money. Samson did not want to reveal the source of his great strength. However, after nagging, repeated nagging, he betahan really, uh, he, he relented and revealed the secret of his strength to Delilah. The lesson we can learn from the witches is this. No matter how strong or intelligent we are, without God, we will fall to the weak. And who was that woman that urinated at the common rubbish chute area every day, till, even till today, for the past three years? Well, remember the elderly lady that I, I shared about earlier, that she walked past me at the stairways? And she was the one that complained about you know, the group of people downstairs and their urine smell? Well, that was the same lady that I caught urinating okay, at the rubbish chute area. The question now is that why did she urinate at the rubbish chute? Doesn't she have a toilet herself at home? So what was the source of a disgusting habit? Well, let's first discover first the source of Samson's strength. So what is the source of Samson's strength? Was it from God or from Samson's hair? If the source of his strength was empowered by the Spirit of God and not on his hair, then why did Samson lose his strength when his hair was being cut? Have you ever wondered? You see, the loss of his hair, or Samson's hair, is therefore a loss of privilege and not the source. Remember that the angel of God instructed Manoah's wife? Firstly, she was instructed not to drink wine or other fermented drink. Secondly, she was told not to eat anything unclean. And thirdly, her son's head was never to be touched by a razor. Samson broke all three instructions. Let's take for example, Samson had three immunity chance cuts. Okay, let's take for example. To maintain his strength, he used up his first, immu uh, he used up his first immunity chance when he detoured to the vineyard at Timna. You know, probably to have a little drink. And that was where he was separated from his parents, possibly deliberately, okay? And, when, and there's also a place where he met the lion. His wedding feast translated, his wedding feast, huh? translated in Hebrew, uh, is actually called a drinking feast. Not just a wedding feast, a drinking feast. Hence, Samson lost his first immunity from losing his strength when he consumed fermented drinks and wine. He lost his second immunity cut when he, when he desecrated himself and his parents by eating honey from the unclean carcass of a lion and he gave some to his parents. Therefore, his last Immunity cut was his hair. Not that his hair is a source of his strength, but that by losing his hair, he would lose the privilege of his strength. Therefore, the source of his strength is from God and not on his hair. You know, perhaps Zechariah had Samson in mind too, other than Zerubbabel, when he said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. However, again, a woman managed to subdue, to subdue Samson. Although he himself 
had managed to subdue a lion and a thousand men before. The third woman of Samson gave Samson the opportunity to cause the death of 3,000 Philistine men and women. Therefore, Samson destroyed more Philistines in his death than while he was alive. The lesson in this segment is this, that God can give and God can take away. God can give and God can take away. Therefore, use our gifts wisely. The final encounter with Delilah cost Samson dearly. Samson had his eyes gorged out. He was humiliated. He was finally humbled. And it came and can be gathered from this from his final prayer. Samson's prayer at the end was the pinnacle of the entire story. He prayed, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. In this prayer, Samson finally recognized that God is sovereign. Samson, Samson finally recognized that God has a supreme power. From it, he understood that God was the provider of his strength. Although his motive was for revenge, it was in line with God's mission for him. And what was God's mission for Samson? In the earlier verse, in chapter 13, verse 5, it says that he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of from the hands of the Philistines. He will begin the deliverance of Israel. He's the one that will start. I'm not advocating revenge, okay? However, as we know from the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, when Joseph said to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now done, the saving of many lives. God can make the wrong right. To see how much Samson had been humbled, we would like to compare his final prayer with his first prayer in Judges 15, 18. In his first prayer, after he had slaughtered 1,000 Philistine men, he said this, because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given me your servant victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? You know, you'll find that this prayer uh, is a demand and a complaint. This prayer was rather rather sarcastic also, okay? In Singapore, it may sound like this. I fought for you, huh? And win some more. Why can't you even give me some water? You want me to die, is it? <laughs> it's sarcastic. We learn from here that no matter what state we are in, God hears our prayers. No matter what state we're in, God hears our prayers. Unlike his first prayer, Samson's final prayer was a request a plea, a petition. Samson even used the word please. From Samson, no, please. Wow. That was something sweet that came out from the mouth of Samson. Out of the out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Something sweet came out from my, from my investigation too, okay, regarding the culprit who had urinated at the rubbish chute. It was not the consideration that the lady may, have been, may be suffering from dementia. It was not the assumption that the toilets may have been occupied in the morning as there were, may, there were many uh, uh, members in her household. It was something else. I discovered that it was something called grace. You see, if I've highlighted this incident to her family, they may most probably send her to an OH home or elder care. She, she, may, she may deteriorate and, and degenerate faster, 
I believe she would have preferred to be at home, you know, in a familiar community where she would exercise her mind, you know, she would greet everybody at the void deck every day. And sometimes she would play some games with her kaki, card games with her kaki. I think this will help her. You see, the reason why I didn't share it with your family is this. I remember when I was younger, OH home or elder care was unheard of, very rare. The elderly continued to live in the kampong community and everyone just learned to be a bit more tolerant and more gracious, especially to those who are in need. Just continue to care for them. The story of Samson is not about Samson's strength, his achievements or his errors. It is about God. The most powerful weapon is the grace of God. The most powerful weapon is the grace of God. It was God's grace that granted Samson a chance to deliver Israel. It was God's grace through his son that gave us a chance to have eternal life. The most powerful weapon is about how gracious God is to his people. How precious God is to Samson. You know, although in the story of Samson, God greatly used the men and women in the working of his purpose, but none of them, however, seem to have a paragon of virtues, as stated by Arthur Kundal. Samson, the judge, stands in sharp contrast to Othniel, the model judge of, of Judah, for whom everything went well. Jewish tradition even sees Samson as the least worthy judge who fell into enemy hands and died in captivity. The time God, this time, God did not send a national deliberator, uh, liberator, but an individualist who fought all the battles alone. His only companion, in fact, is one, in one of his battles, uh, were foxes who were not even willing partners. God chose the lowliest of characters to fulfill his plan. Perhaps God was revealing to us in this story of Samson that his selection of men and women is not by human standard or by human prescriptions and methods, but by His grace. Truly, God works in mysterious ways. His selection of Samson was gracious. And in the same way, His decision to save us is also gracious. We are also lowly, sinful creatures, just as Samson was. We, ha we have made mistakes just as Samson did. We have relied on our own strength, just as Samson had. There is a Samson in every one of us here. However, Jesus from the lion tribe of Judah has redeemed us from sin and death by offering us something sweet, eternal life. Out of the eater, something to eat out of the strong something sweet the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ shall we pray Lord we pray that through this lesson we will learn and understand that it is by your grace that we are saved and it's by your grace Samson and the other characters in his lifetime had a chance to serve. Therefore, teach us in your perfect wisdom to understand your will, not with human qualification, but by your tapestry of grace. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.